A shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a bud shall blossom. Hello, this is Father Thomas, and welcome to the Sprouting Stump podcast series, where we reflect on the readings that come to us from the Mass each day. When we take a little time to let the Spirit come upon us, a bud shall indeed blossom in our hearts, so we might be renewed in spirit and strengthened in faith, as we take this time together to enter into that beautiful word that comes to us from God. In his homily for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Father challenges us to ask ourselves if we are being all that we were meant to be. Today's gospel can be one that can be viewed from many different directions. And after reflecting all the week in which direction to go, yesterday's mass, ten minutes before it was supposed to start, I still was not sure what I was going to talk about. Different ideas have been going through my head all week. One of them was the idea of maybe continuing the theme that I mentioned in the bulletin, that the authority of the government is not meant to be in opposition to the authority of the church, but rather work together. They're not supposed to be opposed to each other, but the government should always be subservient to the authority of the church because she is the higher authority. Sometimes people get this concept confused in thinking that just because something is legal, it is moral. That's absolutely not true. Because the government does not establish what is right and wrong, God does. But I didn't want to discuss that. Then I thought about taking, teaching about the social doctrine of the church. The church teaches us that even though the church is the higher authority, we still have a responsibility to be subservient and obedient to the laws of the government, as long as that law does not conflict with the laws of the church. In fact, we as Catholics are taught we have a responsibility to support our own nation through taxes, obedience to the laws, and basic civil duties. Thus, we have a moral obligation to listen to the law of the government when the law does not conflict, again, with divine law. Then I changed my mind on that as well. Well, then maybe I could preach about how sometimes people try and trap God in impossible situations, which is what the Pharisees and the Brodians were trying to do with Jesus in the Gospel. The Pharisees, as we hear, sent their own disciples along with Herodians. Herodians were actually a Jewish political party who were in favor of keeping King Herod as king, a vassal of the Roman Empire. Now the interesting part is the Pharisees and the Herodians hated each other. They despised each other. But they both had a common enemy in Jesus. So they worked together to try and trap him by asking him a question that has really a no-win answer. You see, if Jesus were to pay the answer the question they asked about being lawful to pay to Caesar the census tax, if Jesus would have said yes, it is lawful, the Pharisees would have sounded like he is on the side of the Roman Empire, and that's going against Mosaic law. And they would have thought right that they would have had the right then to put Jesus to death. If Jesus would have stood there and said, no, it is not lawful to pay the census tax, the Herodians 
would have seen this as opposition to the Roman Empire, and they would have had reason then to put Jesus to death. So whether Jesus says yes or no, somebody would have had justifiable reason in their minds to put him to death. So in, other re in reality, either answer was impossible, and Jesus knew this, which is why he gives us this cryptic answer, pay to Caesar who belongs to Caesar, and to God who belongs to God. It's something that people still try and trap Jesus and God in impossible situations today. I think about those people who complain that God is an all-loving God. Why does he allow so much evil and bad in the world? Why does he simply stop all this bad from happening? But then people will turn around and complain that God has too many rules. And he's too much control. We should be allowed to do whatever we want to have that freedom. We put God in an impossible situation between an immovable object and an unstoppable force. And I had to kind of smirk a little bit when I was reading the Gospel time because many priests understand this conflict about being stuck in a position where there is no win situation. Oftentimes people will trap their priest and say things like, Oh Father, we really want to learn more about our faith. We want to grow as a holy people. And the next breath they say, Father, we think that you talk too much. We really don't like it when you tell us that we're supposed to change. By the way, I hear that a lot. But I decided that I want to go there either. I thought maybe I could talk about how politics and faith should not be opposition, but should work together. Now is not the time for politics. So after all this back and forth struggling to choose a theme, what finally stuck into my head what I should talk about was given to me by the readings themselves, particularly the first reading. And usually the first reading will hint at what the primary theme of the gospel is all about. And today was one of those times. The reading that we heard from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he's speaking to us about King Cyrus. And king Cyrus was the king responsible for the establishment and the building up of the Persian Empire. You hear, if you listened, you would hear that God refers to Cyrus as his Messiah, meaning his anointed one. It's very, the very first line that we heard today that God actually refers to him in that way. So God is choosing this pagan king to be someone who would be a tool to be used for his purposes. And that idea of God using the secular world for divine purposes is something that's been done throughout the course of salvation history. King Cyrus was a pagan who did not believe in God. But he is the one that allowed the Jewish people to return back home and build their temple. It was King Cyrus, when he built up the Persian Empire, that actually defeated the Babylonians. He crushed their empire, which would allow the Jewish people to escape from captivity that they'd been in for 40 years in Babylon. The point is not that God is telling us to go find a pagan king to run our government, even though some people might think you have one. 
He's saying that he uses everything for his purposes, including our governments. So I started thinking about how many people complain about our government. In fact, our government's approval rating right now is probably at an all-time historic low. I could ask the question, how many of us in the last week, year, ten years, have never complained about our government? Exactly. In fact, we tend to complain about it all the time, and I'm right with you. Regardless of who's in power, our government tends to be something that is not exactly noteworthy. And then I started thinking about why is our government the way that it is? Why is it corrupt? Why is it making the decisions that it makes? Why is it pushing issues that we don't like? And our answer is going to be, well, it's because it's got bad people in it. Well, that could very well be true. But people chose the bad people to be in it. And oftentimes the government is simply the reflection of the mindset of the people. And then we're right to think it's not my mindset. That's not always true. But in spite of the fact that a government might be bad and corrupt, God still takes advantage of that for his purposes. He uses the sinfulness and the weakness of government officials, no matter what nation they are, to build his own kingdom. Cyrus was not exactly a good guy, even though it comes across that way in the book of Ezra and the book of Isaiah. The truth is, you did not become a king and an emperor back in the days, 200 years before Christ, without being a ruthless tyrant. The Babylonians were a horrible people. They were very savage in their mentality, and to take over the Babylonian Empire, Cyrus had to be equally savage. He went to war, and he killed anyone that got in his way. Soldiers, civilians, old, young, men, women, children, it didn't matter. If you opposed, you died. And that's how they took power. So it wasn't like King Cyrus was this glowing example of goodness. He was a tyrant emperor, and he wanted to take over the world. God uses that. He uses that for his own purposes. Cyrus thinks that he was in control, and in truth, God was in control. God was the one who was using him to bring his people back, to punish the Babylonians for their behavior, and to rebuild his people. We should be asking ourselves, what good is God doing with the government that we have, the government that we've always had? Now and always, God is in charge. We sometimes seem to think that other people that we don't like have put people in power. We blame them for the bad government. You elected them, you chose them, it's not my fault. We need to remember how God works. Throughout history, he's always used governments to set his people's right. In the days of old, when his own people 
The Israelite people were being disobedient and straying from the faith. God would allow them to be taken over by another nation. He would allow secular governments to become the tool that punished his people to teach them that when you do not obey, when you do not listen to me, bad things happen. And I will use these governments to essentially spank my children, to teach you that you're straying from the faith and help bring them back. We should be asking ourselves, what are we doing to incur the same type of situation? You might think, wait a minute, that was the Old Testament stuff. That things that God did with these governments and have them taken over and punished his people, that was the God of the Old. Let me remind everybody, the God of the New Testament and the God of the Old Testament are the same God. Jesus, Son of God, existed before Mary. It was Him that was directing Moses and Abraham, King David and all the others. It was Him that was leading His people in battle. It was Him that was directing His foreign governments to punish His people. That Jesus Himself is the one that established the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was probably one of the most ruthless governments to ever exist, which is why they grew so quickly and so powerfully. They incurred absolutely no tolerance or disobedience. Anyone that was against the Roman Empire, they didn't kill them, they killed them publicly. Crucifixion, the arena, putting their bodies on a stake in the middle of the street, let people know we will not tolerate any type of discord against the government. And yet it was Jesus who used this very empire to build his church. Because as far as the fact that the Romans were so ruthless in the way they treated people, they were also brilliant in infrastructure. And they developed a highway system an infrastructure that allowed civilization to actually thrive throughout Europe. If it wasn't for the Roman Empire, the church would have never expanded the way that it did. But he also used the Roman Empire to teach the Jewish people a lesson. And they didn't hear the words, heed the words that Jesus was saying, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, because they are my vassal, my tool, and you give to God what belongs to God. The Jewish people objected to this mentality, so they revolted against the Roman Empire. And what happened? In 70 AD, the temple was destroyed by the Romans. The Jewish people were crushed. Because people failed to realize that God is the one that is in control. He dictates to governments what they're doing. They don't dictate to him what they're doing. And he's doing the same thing today. If you look at all the different nations out there that are a threat, Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, countries in South America that have horrible governments that are treating people so horribly, we should be asking ourselves, why? Is it because they're bad people? Or because maybe we are not being the people we're supposed to be? 
Maybe we are not living the faith that we're supposed to be living. Maybe we are not adhering to that mentality that God is the authority and we are supposed to be living according to our obedience to Christ. Maybe he's using all these bad governments to set us straight, to teach us that until you get your act together, this is what you're going to have to deal with. Maybe we are getting a spanking because we are being disobedient children to a God who's given so much to us. What are we doing in our own life to truly be that example of Christian love and goodness? How are we being the better person in the world in our response to others? How are we living the faith in such a way that glorifies God rather than following in line with the rest of society? Because until we realize that God is in charge, that he is the one that's picking governments. And so we realize that we have a responsibility to follow God and not be pointing the finger at who else is causing bad things to happen. We are going to continue to have bad governments because we're going to continue to need the lesson that we're not living as we should. It's a sign of hope, realizing that God has it under control, but it's also a warning. But we can expect good things to happen when we are not being that good thing. The people of Israel were constantly, over and over again, being chastised because they refused to continue to follow God. They constantly strayed from the faith. They chose to do things their way, and we are not a whole lot different. Because every sin we commit is doing our own thing. Every time we stray from our faith, we're being that disobedient child who thinks that we can set our path instead of walking God's path. And maybe the reason things are so harsh is because God expects so much more from us. Because just like the Israelite people were supposed to be the example of His love to the world, we are called to be the example of His love to the world. We're not called to be as good as others, we're called to be better than others. Greater, holier, more giving, more forgiving, more generous, more faithful, more obedient, more humble. That's who we're supposed to be. And so as we start pointing the finger about who's responsible for all the mess in our government, it's the Democrats' fault, it's the Republicans' fault, it's the Independents' fault, it's their fault. Maybe we should take a moment to ask, is it maybe my fault? Am I incurring the wrath of God because I am not being what I'm supposed to be? Is maybe this bad government stuff simply God's way of telling us, shape up, I need you to be more. It's kind of interesting that at this time, the government has had its lowest approval rating in the history of our government. Church attendance has its lowest attendance in the history of the church. Coincidence? I doubt it. We have to realize 
that God's providential care of us. In His mercy and His love, He will not refrain from punishing us and setting us back on track. No loving father would ever allow their children to simply be. Our loving father is no different. He reminds us that he loves us. But like little children who constantly be disobedient, he will tell us, I will spank you over and over again until you learn. If that's what it takes to set you straight, God will do that. Just like he did in the past, he'll do it today. He uses governments for his purposes. They don't use him for their own. And what is that purpose today that's happening? Because we as church maybe need a little spanking. And maybe he's using the government to do that. We want to point a finger at God and now blame God for our government. Good luck with that one. He'll take the blame. But he's going to spank us anyways. Not because he's mean, but because he loves us. So no matter what's taking place in the world, God has it under control. When we start thinking, how can we get this government to be a little bit better? Our first question tonight to be, how can I be a little bit better? If you're not going to follow God, you can't expect your government to either. You want a good government, we need to start being a better church.